Hey everyone, welcome back to the Naked Without Shame podcast. This is Megan here. Today, Morgan and I are going to be talking about the notions of suspicion in the heart as well as fear and how those things impact our ability to love well and to see reality as love. Stay tuned. As always, Morgan and I want to invite you to consider joining our patronage community based on John Paul II's um, book called The Jeweler Shop. There's different levels that you can give uh, to just support our podcast. We'd be delighted if you considered um, providing a financial donation so that we can continue doing what we do, talking uh, together so that you can listen to our thoughts on Theology of the Body. To do that, you can go to nakedwithoutshameshow.com. And also, uh, if you are interested in just getting more plugged into the Awaken community, you can join the Awaken app. The app has lots of cool features like having um, access to each show that the Awaken Catholic ministry produces, and then also just different ways to reach out to community. There's prayers, there's lots of cool features. So go ahead and check that out by going to theawakenapp.io. Okay, hey Morgan. Hello. (laughs) Okay, are you ready to talk about suspicion? I am. Yes. Yes, Yes. this is something we all know way too well. Most of us, most of us. I'm sure there are some people walking around that just feel perfectly, I don't know, at peace, not skeptical. Right. Yeah. That would be great. That'd be great. That would be really great. And it could, uh, yeah, could be a good existence. (laughs) But for most of us, let's, let's just talk about this reality of the notion of suspicion in light of the theology of the body and just historical man, man in the here and now, the human experience that can, um, yeah, just help us illuminate more about what we experience and, and how to, how to redeem it. So I guess the, the idea of suspicion was something I wanted to talk about once again, because of like the, really the universality of this tendency that we have to walk around and be kind of like fearful or suspicious that something bad might happen or, you know, in the the realm of human relationships, like somebody's going to hurt me. Um, And even if we have arrived at a place in our lives that our relationships are really solid, very intact and very healing, there's probably still things operating within us from our past that, that can kind of come up that that can cause these moments of like fear um, and suspicion right. in relationships. So I think of this mm-hmm. kind of modern psych- psychological phrase, catastrophizing. Have you ever heard that? Oh yeah. Like people tend uh, yes. to catastrophize. Like mm-hmm. you constantly think that like basically everything's going to lead to a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Like the worst possible thing will happen. Mm-hmm. And right. how it's this kind of, uh, yeah. It's, this, it goes along with, I think, oftentimes with like anxiety, people who suffer from anxiety of some sort or mm-hmm. depression, you know, like there's just this, like you assume the worst. 
You assume the worst. So that's kind of what we're trying to talk about. Maybe Mm -hmm. if that's more familiar to you, this idea of catastrophizing. (laughs) Um, If you do that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. know people that do that, we want to kind of understand why do we do that and how can we overcome that Mm -hmm. and not constantly be catastrophizing, like thinking everything's just bad Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I think the reason why very simply as to why we do catastrophize or act out of suspicion is because it's a consequence of original sin. It's a consequence of the fact that like we don't live in a perfect world, bad things do happen, right? And so mm-hmm. our body kind of learns that, oh, in order to survive or, or in order to live well, I need to remember what is threatening to me. Yeah, right? I need to be kind of constantly on edge. Yeah. You know, ready for the worst. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, it is ready. a very, it's, it's a memory that we hold in our bodies. I think oftentimes, like when we have bad experiences, I mean, we all have bad experiences, but some people, you know, worse than others, or some people carry that experience differently than others. And it's not kind of processed or healed um, adequately. And so then it becomes this kind of like disposition that's very ingrained in the person of like, you're kind of almost in like a fight or flight mm-hmm. constantly. Like mm-hmm. I need to be ready for like an attack. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> you know, figuratively, but like, yes, it's even, kind of- even like thinking of like the, the sort of like the animal roots of our brains, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in our brains, like we literally, you know, the, the caveman roots or whatever they right. say. Like, yeah. Like the old brain. It's kind of the same thing of like, we think we're going to be attacked by like a wolf or something <laughs> or yes. like a, whatever, a predator. Mm. And so, yes, it's kind of the same thing is happening today in our modern society and we're like in this, we're constantly poised or po- posed for um, this like fight or flight kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so, right. yeah. And in particular in relationships, I think that's maybe what I want to hone in on, right? This idea that like relationships can be a place of suspicion, yeah. right? Precisely because of concupiscence, because of, um, you know, the just the the difficulty in our culture to, to know love and to love well. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yeah, John Paul II does mention this, like when he talks about historical man, like after the fall. Um, and I think because like sin exists in the world, because there can be something to be suspicious of like people's freedom, right. The The fact that people have freedom can choose to, to love or to harm us. And so we're always like wrestling with mm-hmm. that, that tension, right. Of the human freedom mm-hmm. of someone else. Yeah. And so when you know this, it, that, that can create this sense of like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to be safe? And especially like, am I going to be safe in a relationship? Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I think what's, what's really important though with, the theology of the body is that as John Paul II talks about the reality of concupiscence, the reality of sin and the ability for people to, to hurt us. Right. It's that this is not actually fundamental though, to the anthropology of the person. Yes. Right. So, so when you are, you know, kind of walking around in life, you're interacting with people I think the point is like the the vision of the human person in front of you is is not like based 
on this ability to like hurt you and then therefore you should be suspicious. Like I think John mm-hmm. Paul II is trying to call us to like something greater in in yeah. so far as like like human love can be rede- redeemed, right? And and Christ ultimately tells us that, right? That we can mm-hmm. live in in relationship in a peaceful, loving, fruitful way mm-hmm. and to be secure in that, right? We can relearn mm-hmm. if we've been hurt before, like we can relearn those things. Um, yeah, I think the, this, this vision of suspicion or anxiety or catastrophizing, right. in, in relationships is prevalent. I think everybody can relate to this, um, because nobody loves perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also the, the point about this vision, right. Of the world around you or the people around you in this, this suspicious way is also not like coherent with the paradigm of love, with the the paradigm that I can see the world, once again, as gift, as we always say, I can see the world as safe. I can see the world as like good for me and that God is taking care of me, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so I just wanna like really get into that difference, right? The the vision or the worldview of suspicion because of sin and the worldview of security, peace, um, love, uh, that, that vision. I want to, I want to kind of like con- compare and contrast and, and kind of get at the heart yeah. of, of that. And how do we get, how do we get back to this, you know, lack of suspicion that you're saying this like mm-hmm. understanding of the world is a gift because mm-hmm. we you were you were saying before like in john paul ii says in the theology of the body like this suspicion this concupiscence right that leads to suspicion this tendency to sin that leads to suspicion is not inherent to my humanity or to the humanity of others there's mm-hmm. it's it's an indication that there's something wrong that needs to be healed and how does that healing happen? I think that's like everyone's really concrete question about this. Like, okay, I know that like maybe I shouldn't catastrophize and that it's not maybe not even reasonable to catastrophize. Like most of the time, like bad things don't happen, hopefully. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I, how do I like stop bracing myself for something bad to happen all the time? Especially mm-hmm. like you're saying in relationships where like these wounds are so detrimental to my humanity, right? So like if I, a wound of love particularly, I think is so hard mm-hmm. to kind of, um, yeah, heal from and then not, you, you don't brace yourself in all your relationships, like I was saying, mm-hmm. and like anticipate the worst. So exactly. yeah. How do you heal? I guess maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you redeem it? How do you get out of that, that state? Well, mm-hmm. it, it can be really difficult because of you know, like the, the response of the body, right. We're not just a memory or like the fear that we think of, right. It's like, mm-hmm. we're also connected to a body. We are a body. And so that like plays out right physiologically. And so, you know, that's, that's one other thing to like think about. It's like the body is even responding. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not unable to be overcome, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's like in us very deeply. Um, yeah, I guess what helps me to begin to like live in a place of seeing 
people like as as love and gift and not through the eyes of suspicion is to start thinking about like what how Christ I guess how Christ would ultimately kind of handle concupiscence like how did he handle concupiscence <laughs> you yeah. know like how did he handle like when you know Peter betrayed him or Judas mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like how would he have like recognized the concupiscence and not Morgan where'd you go <laughs> sorry it's <laughs> okay technical difficulty yeah i'm back okay great um like how would how would christ have handled Mm -hmm. that reality while remaining open i guess and remaining Mm -hmm. positive with the vision of love of another and the goodness of another person um yeah that's a really interesting question what comes to mind is that like christ uniquely because he's god um is able to, like you're saying, maintain this perfect openness mm-hmm. and recognize that I may be wounded and to allow himself to be wounded, right? I mean, that's the kind of the whole point of his life is to sort of like be open to a world that in some ways is against him and will ultimately crucify him, right? And like yes. to love that world in spite of that. I mean, that you know, to us, we're not God, right? That sounds impossible. Like how could we possibly participate in that kind of openness, that lack of suspicion, mm-hmm. right? right? That Christ had and like be willing to like allow ourselves to be hurt even. Um, right. How how could, yeah, I guess like how could Christ do that? Okay, one answer because he's God. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, unpacking more what that means, like he has this perfect relationship to the father, Right. That's the nature of Christ's mm-hmm. identity is to be totally related to the Father, to be totally from the Father. And that creates this perfect security, this perfect sense of like being loved and being safe in that love mm. that then allows for complete openness. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I think that some, you know, a clue to the answer mm-hmm. must be how do we kind of retrieve the sense of perfect safe safety we'll say or like perfect perfect being loved <laughs> a perfect state of being loved um perfectly being loved mm-hmm. yeah how do we mm-hmm. how do we get back sure. to that sure i i definitely think that's a that is a clue and that's a piece of it like when you when you see that God is taking care of you, like all around you, that mm-hmm. can definitely help, right? That can totally help. I do think though that like the specific events of concupiscence or that that have made us suspicious are like what in a way like need to be healed and like addressed. And whether that's like with God, like entering back into those with God, right? Or maybe it's simply like, you know, as you were saying, like Christ, Christ's ability to suffer, like that was kind of why he came. He like, he was open to, Mm -hmm. to what we were going to do. He loved so much that he was open to what we would do in, in crucifying him. So Mm -hmm. there must be like, 
I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a psychological talk, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it relates yeah, to and psychology go, sure. yeah. go definitely together. Um, but there seems to me to need to be an acceptance either way, right? Because we can't stop like concupiscence or people potentially hurting us. We can't stop that, right? We can begin be aware of it. But so insofar as like we can't we can try control the it. outcome. Yes, we can avoid it. You know, we can try to not put ourselves in situations that like will be harmful to us or it will be harmful to us. Exactly. But mm-hmm. like you're saying, that's not always in our control. It's not always in our control. The other so person has freedom. Right. Just like Christ allowed the freedom of his crucifiers to go through with that, to, to crucify yes. him. Right. Yes. So even Christ like can't control human freedom like in a way like (laughs) he created god created us but but yeah this this idea is like hard to grapple with but i think what i want to say is that in order to heal suspicion there has to be an acceptance of like the possibility of continued hurt potential Mm -hmm. hurt Mm -hmm. right even though like it's really hard and there's triggers that we have, like things can remind us of bad experiences, but you see what I mean? There, there has to be yeah. like, like an openness that Christ had mm-hmm. to like, I accept that like to love someone means to extend myself. And if I am rejected or if I am hurt, like I can accept that. And as you said, because I'm secure, like I, I, mm-hmm. I find a security in, in God. Yeah. I think that one thing that comes to mind is Christ, Christ's suffering was very real. Mm-hmm. We have to you know, say that mm-hmm. Christ's suffering was very real. Yeah. It was very human. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a show. It was a reality. He really did suffer, mm-hmm. but his suffering was different than ours in the sense this is me kind of going off the cuff. I don't know if this is right, but I, I'm willing to say like his suffering was different in the sense that it didn't ever go to the level of his identity. It didn't threaten his identity. Mm. And that's how our suffering is different. I mean, especially when we talked about, I mean, we talked in our last episode about these wounds of origin, like these really serious wounds that kind of like shake the foundation of our humanity. Um, So like with oftentimes like in our childhood where their parents and like just those early formative years, like how those kind of wounds in a certain sense, like why they're so difficult to overcome and heal from and why they tend to more than any other, you know, kind of wound create this, what you're saying, what we're, what we're talking about, this disposition of um, suspicion and like this, like constant, like bracing myself for something bad to happen. I think that wounds of origin have a particular way of creating that mentality in us. Um, and why they, why they do that, I think is because they threaten our identity. That's a good point. They threaten, again, like we unpacked, we tried to unpack last time, like they threaten our sense of who we are as humans and the fact that we're most basically loved. We're created from love and we are loved. If that identity, the fundamental identity is threatened somehow, which so often, unfortunately it is for, I would probably say most of us in some way um that that's what needs to be healed that Mm -hmm. that wound to our identity because 
like I'm saying, like the reason why Christ could allow him, like allowed suffering, like he, he was able to suffer, was able to withstand suffering is because that basic core of who he is and his relationship to the father mm. was never threatened. Whereas ours is because of sin, right? Yes, and that's that a good distinction. manifests itself concretely through these wounds that we experience in life. And like when we're hurt, it's not like, it's a difference between like, okay, someone hurts me and it's painful, but like at the same time, I'm still able to like know, okay, fundamentally, this is who I am. I'm loved. I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that I'm hurt doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. It doesn't mean that I'm bad. It doesn't threaten this like basic sense of who I am as good and as loved, right? Mm-hmm. There's a very huge difference between that kind of suffering, which is I think a little more analogous to how Christ suffered and how we oftentimes suffer in our lives where it's like someone does something bad to me and I internalize that and think that means that there's something fundamentally wrong with me actually. I'm not lovable. I'm not loved. I'm bad, right? That kind of suffering actually we can't we can't withstand in the sense that it needs to be healed in order for us to have a healthy relationship with ourselves and with God mm-hmm. and with others. Mm-hmm. You see okay. what I'm saying? I do. So it goes deep. Like there's, there's it goes certain, so deep. Right. Yes. So unlike Christ who had like perfect union with the father, his identity wasn't threatened when people sinned around him. Right. He wasn't suspicious. And people inflicted suffering on him. Right. Exactly. He wasn't suspicious. He, he was able to accept it accept the human freedom and whatever came from that. Right. Whereas yeah. like we in our, like the consequences of concupiscence, the consequences is not only suspicion, but it's, it's like this tie to once again, like an obscuring of who am I? Am I loved? Um, if you, if you've treated me poorly, like maybe that means I'm bad. Yep. You know, so my fundamental identity is somehow in question. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that kind of suffering is never like fruitful or good, you mm-hmm. know, whereas Christ's suffering is, was incredibly fruitful mm-hmm. and good. In fact, like the most fruitful and good thing in the entire world, like yes, right. redeem the whole world. Right. But again, that's because it was a suffering that re- retained this relationship to the father. Whereas our suffering, when it just wounds us and kind of like, it kind of, it threatens our identity. It threatens to destroy us. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so how that kind of suffering is not really, it's not productive suffering. Right. It can be when it's healed, it can be re- re- right. redeemed suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But that kind of suffering is not like, sure. you know, do you know what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So my, I guess my next question though is, okay, this idea of redeeming yeah. and, and, you know, uh, yeah, the the idea of redeeming this identity and and healing the suspicion. I think there has to be like a once again like a grace and a knowledge given by God upon others. Once again, to to not fall into the paradigm of suspicion, but to fall into a paradigm of of love, right? And mm-hmm. that includes compassion. I think mm-hmm. compassion is a really important point to this because when you see somebody with compassion it's it's not so much an attack as it is you then giving 
something. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't feel so threatened because I know I, I'm, I'm loving and compassionate towards you in your brokenness, in your sinfulness. That seems kind of like, I hope I want to make that more concrete, but okay, yeah, yeah. So, I see where you're going. Okay, let me try it again. <laughs> let me keep going. Okay, um, so I think what's happening right in this this vision or worldview of suspicion is that the anthropology or the vision of that person, who that person is, the meaning of that person is not the most true form. So so there's this idea of like the person being threat, like a threat or dangerous or mm-hmm. untrustworthy or yeah, unreliable. Whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. the wound says that's not the most true will then be projected onto the person and that their meaning won't be the, the truest part of who they are. Yeah. Right. But what is more true than the way someone can choose to harm us or sin against us that causes suspicion? What is more true than that? Yeah. I think what's what's more true can be included can include that compassion that like, oh, this this person is good but struggles. Or this person yeah. is good yeah. is good. Not defining but, them by that. Right. But their ability to right. hurt you. Yes. But seeing that there's more to them. Right. That they're in yes, chains, yeah. that they, that there's a reason upon them that is worthy of compassion. Right. Yeah. Because hurting yeah. people hurt people. They were probably hurt. Right? Yeah. So, right. so we're really kind of coming into like the realm of forgiveness too. Right. Yeah. But like, but yeah. like this disposition of, of love, compassion, forgiveness upon others, like over time, I think can really free you. And isn't yeah. like, isn't compassion and forgiveness like precisely the path of redemption that Christ showed us? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he died for us and forgave us and like welcomes us if we mm-hmm. repent. And so yeah. it's, it's, yeah. So there, it's, it's, sorry. I just had a really, yeah, go ahead. Go <laughs> I ahead. thought significant thought maybe not. <laughs> like this idea that like there is evil, like people do evil things sometimes to you, you would do evil things. I mean, this, mm-hmm. the, the, there's a reality of evil, but that evil does not define the person and it doesn't define reality. There's, there's a, there's this more fundamental security that reality is good. People mm-hmm. are good. I am good. So, so it kind of yes. comes back to what we were talking about with like the difference between our suffering and Christ's suffering and these wounds of our wounds of our identity. Like if we can heal that sense of our identity as in this like relationship with fundamental understanding of reality as basically good, right? Mm -hmm. If we can have that healed and that's a grace, right? That's not something we can do on our own. That has to be given to us by God, this sort of healing, this fundamental healing of like, again, our relationship with reality, our relationship with God. If we can, if that can, we can experience that, then we're able to offer this forgiveness that you're talking about, this compassion, right? We're able to see, okay, like, evil does not define you. Like, I know that you're committing evil, you've committed evil, but I, I don't see that as a fundamental threat to my existence anymore because my existence is rooted in something so much more powerful and so much more strong and secure. 
It's rooted in God's love, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And when you experience that, you're free then to look at and face the evil in the world, the suffering in the world, and have mm-hmm. it not threaten you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like in, a, in the most basic way, like threaten your existence. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. I think um, what you were saying lines up with what John Paul II was saying. I was grabbing the book, the Theology of the Body book, yeah. but it says essentially just that, like that we, once again, the, the person cannot be defined by evil. Like John mm-hmm. Paul II mm-hmm. is very adamant about that. Like that is not fundamental to the meaning of the person. Yes. It's it's not yeah. like like it is because it in a way like because human freedom allows for the choice of good and bad like it's 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 not always necessarily going to be that like somebody chooses bad right so there's like a mm. there's a fluidity from the the human freedom like it like evil and like doing evil being evil is not not a part of the fundamental meaning of the person. I just, yeah. In fact, it's not true. In fact, it's a lie. It's a twisting of the person. I think that's ultimately like the most helpful thing for me to understand. Mm -hmm. Like even in myself and my disposition towards my own sin, right. My own yeah shortcomings in life, like realizing that that was actually a twisting of who I was not like disassociating yourself from it. Like that was in a sense, it was you. Yes. You're responsible for it. I'm not saying that you're not responsible for it, but in a sense, it's not the truth of who you are. And that's why it's so detrimental. That's why sin, I mean, that's why sin is so harmful and so destructive because it actually obscures the truth of who you are. Right. Yeah. It's a lie. It goes against reality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. So, but how do I, I like the point. I don't like that. you know, the whole thing, the whole sin thing. I don't really like that, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I, you know, I'm just like also thinking of this in light of, of that, like this notion of like acceptance though of, of sin. Like we can be, we can be anchored in these things. We can be securing God, but, but they're kind and and we can like see that that evil or concupiscence is not the most fundamental thing about a person but there comes a point where there has to be a level of like accepting that this is the reality right now like there's a difference between saying this is not the most true part mm-hmm. but we don't want to f- like ignore the fact that somebody could be or ourselves could be struggling with something very serious yeah. Right. So, yeah. so there's both. We have to hold both that yeah. like you are not you're functioning right. out of yeah. your truest self, but while you're, you're not, <laughs> or while I'm not <laughs> like, how yeah. am I going to handle that? I think that's yeah. like the, mm-hmm. the crux of it. Like I yes. can remember that this, this is not who you are. Like Christ said, like, forgive them. They know not what they do. Like they don't yeah. know. And yet I, they're still like pounding the nails into his hands his feet right so yeah (laughs) i think like that's that's really like how do you yeah how do you how do you do that how do you you Mm -hmm. really like 
accept, I think truly like acceptance somehow, mm. like it's almost like a taking on of the, like a, a compassion once again, like a taking on of the suffering of another mercy mm-hmm. and like saying, yeah, mm-hmm. this is really hard. And, and you did this to me and I accept that this is really unfair and like difficult, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Like somehow there has to be freedom in accepting that. Yeah. I guess I propose that. I propose that. I I think think you could try that. Like if you are listening and you're struggling with suspicion or like suspicious hearts in your relationship or the people around you, like see if this helps, like see if thinking these things, having that, that disposition of like mercy and, um, yeah, like acceptance of the difficulty someone faces is like, see if that helps. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I think. I, yeah, I would, I would say to like, ask for your wounds to be healed. Like that for me is always, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. With the compassion. Compassion is like a very transformative, if you're given the grace, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very transformative, beautiful, I mean, you're participating in Christ's compassion and his love for the world. I mean, it's incredible, but like sometimes we can try to do that when we're not healed. We can try to force ourselves to do that when we have not had this like restoration of our identity and it can be kind of forced and it can be kind of almost, it can actually harm us. I think Mm -hmm. that I've experienced this. I think a lot of people experience this and this sort of trying to force ourselves like before we're ready to like, um, be perfectly forgiving and compassionate. And like, sometimes it, it's, um, it can be like a, it can be a fake and it can be kind of a crutch in our approach to suffering. Right. It can be not really facing it. Um, so that's not, I don't think that's the answer. So like, I think first for me, it's begging, asking that God heal this wound of my identity and it happens, it doesn't happen all at once. It happens, you know, obviously through the course of our lives. Um, but asking that somehow God gives us the experience of his love precisely in our wounds, in these, especially these wounds, again, of our identity, like these really fundamental wounds. If we can experience that we're loved there, we then can have the grace to, like you're saying, be compassionate and not constantly brace ourselves for the next blow, right? Mm. We have this new freedom when we're, when we experience this healing and this love that allows us to, to, like Christ, be open even to being hurt. Right. Yes. And so we're not, yeah. So then we're not being suspicious anymore. The suspicion is a, is a kind of a self-protection. It's a, it's a self-defense mechanism, right? Suspicion kind of just like, I don't want to like expose my, I don't want to be open to the world around me. I don't want to be, so I don't want to subject myself to the possibility of being hurt because I've been hurt before and I didn't like it. So I'm going to constantly just anticipate being hurt and like brace myself again, mm-hmm. be in this kind of posture of like self-protection, self-defense um, versus allow myself to be open to just reality. And like, maybe that means I'm going to be hurt. Maybe that means I'm not. Most of the time, hopefully it means I'm not going to be hurt. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know. No, that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. The self-defense thing, like, uh, yeah, it's it's easier to like remain in a little bit of a level of 
suspicion so that if something does happen, you like confirm that, oh yeah, see, I was ready. But when you're not ready and caught off guard and something bad happens, oh yeah, it's like much more more vulnerable, painful. It's like, it's probably the same amount of pain. One's just drawn out (laughs) and then another one's like really intense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know. It's sad. It's very difficult, but, but I think once again, this topic is like worth talking about and why, because like we, we want, we want for ourselves, but also you all to like be free, right. To, to be free to like walk around in peace and to like embrace love and not have these, these barriers that like the reality of sin creates in your lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's the Mm -hmm. point. Like the point of theology of the body is, is like to understand man, but also to hold that like the redemption is possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. The redemption of, of the experience of, of lack of love. Um, And so, yeah, I think what points you made Morgan were really helpful that like, as I said, like compassion and, and mercy is important, but not until you're ready until you know, God has also worked things out in you. And it probably happens like kind of at the same time, like both mutually, yeah, both mutually like happen at the same time. Like the more you try to, to be merciful, the more God heals you because you're entering into Mm -hmm. like the way in which he can heal you. Right. This is starting to sound a lot. It can can happen like in one, it can be almost like one motion or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it can be like in being compassionate, you can like experience this healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just caution, don't try to like, you know, be compassionate or be like perfectly compassionate or perfectly forgiving before like you have this experience of healing because that can sometimes be detrimental. Right. But sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? No, it's okay. I was going to say that this is starting to sound like our vulnerability talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. We always just talking about the yeah, same thing. This is just our, but that's, I mean, that's life. I feel like there's always just like one truth and the different ways of exactly you know, different experiencing ways of it. it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Different ways of saying it. So. Yeah. 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 But I hope this was helpful. I think this was really, like I said, good to talk about and think about because it is a, I mean, it is a theme in the theology of the body, right? Like yeah. there's mm-hmm. sin and then shame and suspicion, right? Mm-hmm. So not only from like what others do to us, but also like we know our own sinfulness and think, well, mm-hmm. if I could do this then somebody else might, it just creates like a, yeah, like a, once again, the most, the, the, the not, oh, how do I say it? Sorry. The most untrue thing or the not true thing. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think so. So, yeah. so we want to live by the truth and we want to have a vision of love. We want to have a vision of security and peace and embracing mm-hmm. others, right? And really just being secure with others, secure attachments mm-hmm. to others, secure relationships. And so this is just one little yeah. piece to it, one little step to talk about suspicion and fear. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a very real problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, people experience it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so hopefully this yeah. was helpful. Any other thoughts, yeah. Morgan? I don't think so. Okay, great. Yeah, what about you? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay, well, thanks for joining me from afar again. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, always fun to talk. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Hope Thank that you. you picked up some, I don't know, little tips on 
this this Nuggets. topic yeah on mm-hmm. suspicion and hopefully it'll be helpful for you in your own journey of being free to love we'll see you next time bye bye